Welcome back, everyone, to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 85. Today is Wednesday, and I feel like this has been a consistent theme, but what a nice day it is What today. a nice day. I mean, it is kind of, it's it was, you know, it's a little cloudy, but I mean, it's like seven, almost 70 out. It's There's been like matter. that. It's been like that the last few days. I feel like we are in spring now, right? Like No. Like, well, I know we're going to have some more colder days, but like, we're not going to have any more. Like, even if we do get snow, it's not going to last. No, and this is like, they call it spring deception. We're in the home stretch. This is like fake spring right now. Yeah. This is a tease. They're teasing us. <laughs> uh, well, it's at perfect timing excited. because me and Easton, we're going to, this is actually going to be our last episode for about a week and a half till like next Saturday. Um, because we're going to Florida, so yeah, going on spring break. Yeah, um, we're going, we're we're leaving, going to Florida. So this will be our last episode for about a week and a half. But when we come back, the grind will be real, and we're gonna start, you know, back to two episodes a week and everything, yep. and having more game shows and, and guests. And yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I got a new haircut today, <laughs> fresh bad. haircut. So let's hop right into it. We do have a lot on the table today, as you know, March Madness has been going on. First weekend of that is over. NFL free agency is pretty much wrapped up. Um, and then the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. So let's start off with the news. First thing on the news, this Deshaun Watson story continues to get worse and worse. It is now over 20, 20 women that have said that he has assaulted them. Um, it's pretty much about this. It's kind of all the same theme. They all have the same story that he hires them to come give him a massage and then he takes things too far, pretty much. And, you know, after, like, the first case, you know, him saying that none of this happened, you know, I can believe him. But after this many people, it's it, really difficult to believe. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's a tough spot for everybody because everybody wants to believe whoever's right. But you, there's, it's just hard. It's a really tough thing. I'm hoping it's all not true, but it's really looking mm-hmm. bad And right Deshaun's Deshaun. attorney came out and said that all allegations are false, but of still, course he's going to say yeah, that. Obviously, you're going to say that. It's his job, too, but... It's just it, this is scary. This is a bad look for Deshaun. Uh, I, 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 you know, it just it is. What an eventful off season he has had so yeah. far. I mean, gone from it requesting a trade and not getting traded to this now, where he might not even be playing. Like if all this is happens to be true, I don't know if his spot in the NFL stays. I don't know no, if he continues I, to play in the NFL, but. I would I would be surprised if he starts off the season this year playing. Like whether that's with the Texans or with another team, I really don't expect him to start the season off because I don't see this all these allegations everything just dying down before, before the season yep. starts. It's going to take a while. Um but like I said, I hope this is not true because I I've I've been a fan of Deshaun Watson. I think you are too. Mm-hmm. So I really hope all of this is not true. Yeah. And yeah, and it's just something where we have to sit back and take our time. And not make any judgment calls until somebody else exactly the judgment call, but I am I am hopeful that it is all not true. But mm-hmm. how hopeful can you be? Couple more things on the news here. Couple of sad injuries, starting with the first one being LeBron James. His teammate Anthony Davis has been hurt for the last month or so. He LeBron is going to miss at least several weeks. Um, I would not be surprised if he misses the rest of the season. Honestly, with oh wow, what was his injury? High ankle sprain. Yeah. He's been dealing with an ankle sprain injury since the literal first game of the season. He tweaked his ankle and played on it the whole season. Never really was serious enough. I mean, he was like, listen, it's questionable like every single game. But then retweaked it against the Atlanta Hawks, and he's going to miss some time now. Lakers, man, it's it's not looking good. They don't. For a they did not. I mean, they played what the Pelicans last night. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Wow, you you really don't realize like how how really not good their team is without late AD and LeBron with both of them out. It's the first time we've seen yeah, both of we, them out like 
for since they've been together. And obviously their team is a lot better this year than last year, but still like it's it's crazy cuz their depth looks like it's so much better when LeBron and AD yeah. are there. When AD and LeBron are there, it's like, "Oh, I thought they had good depth." They do when they AD do and LeBron for LeBron and AD but, to fit those guys, yeah. But if AD and LeBron aren't there, they're awful. Like they don't they it's just they're not yeah. a very good team. Right now they're sitting at fourth in the West at 28 and 16. I don't know how you know far they can drop. I mean, Portland and Denver are only a few games behind them, so the Lakers could end up seeing themselves not even playing at home court to start off the playoffs, which is crazy. Is very likely to have. Yeah. I mean, not not super likely, but it's it wouldn't surprise me just because mm-hmm. of these injuries that they have. And when then the, oh, go ahead. When you miss LeBron and AD for any stretch of time, it's gonna have a real, uh, I guess I don't know, real bad uh, effect on your season. Oh, definitely. It's it's it, and it's not looking good for Lakers right now because mm-hmm. I haven't heard any word on AD yeah. in a long time about anything of him coming back. So and I think you know Stephen A. Smith said something about how he's starting to get worried or concerned about KD and Anthony Davis's injuries, which is like, I mean, duh. Like, I've, yeah. if they weren't injured, they'd be playing. You know, if their mm-hmm. injuries weren't that serious, we would know that they're not that serious. That's I like they seem serious. There's a reason that these guys aren't playing, and there's you know. They're extendedly not playing, too. So, yeah. And then the next injury, like I said, is to stud rookie LaMelo Ball. Rocking the Mellow Ball t-shirt today to, as in a respect for the... I mean, he it just sucks. He's, he's yeah. m- most likely going to miss the rest of the year with a fractured wrist. Um, definitely would have, be, would have been the rookie of the year. Could still win it, but... I probably not. I mean, it's, probably goes to he, Ant. yeah, it probably or is going to, we'll see how the rest of the season plays out, obviously, but sucks for Charlotte too, because I mean, right now they're fifth in the East and like really trying to make a playoff push and without their, one of their star young players, definitely one of their best players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it sucks, you know, it's, it's pretty unreal. The roller coaster that Lamar has been on this year. Yeah. Uh, James Borrego at one point said that he's literally, he, he was going to take Lamar's minutes away. Like, hey, he's not going to play much anymore. And all of a sudden, LaMelo started balling out, and now he's a starter and rookie of the year and looks like a generational talent. And now back to he's not even playing it right now. Uh, the great news is it is just a fractured wrist. Uh, it shouldn't really affect that much. You can, he, I think he's sitting out the whole season as more of a precautionary. Yeah, I mean, a fractured wrist is still a big deal. Like, it's, which, but which it's, wrist is he fractured? I have no, I'm not sure. Me either. But. Uh, I think you know he's sitting out more as a precaution for how young he is. I mean, he's only what nineteen. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, this does suck. Melo is on his way to winning rookie of the year. Still could win it. I mean, his stats were that good. Yeah. But just unlikely. I agree. So moving on to our first topic of the day: NFL free agency. Like I said, it's pretty much wrapped up. All the top free agents are off the market. There's still a decent amount of. Like weapons left. It's like Sammy Watkins is meeting with the Ravens and the Colts. I'm pretty sure T.Y. Hilton is still out there. Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette. But other than that, free agency is pretty much wrapped. All the important guys are on teams, and we are kind of just be going to be going over our um, main winners of free agency. So you have three winners, right? Yep. So let's go. Did you like rank them in order? Yeah. Okay. So. Let's start off with number three, and we'll okay. move up to one because there was a lot of teams, you know, that definitely won in free agency, and there was a lot of losers as well. We're going to start off with the winners. Um, I will start at number three. I had a tie because it was too hard. I, I really wanted to put four, so I had a tie at three between the Washington football team and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Washington football team, I feel like, got a lot better, especially for a weaker division that they are in. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I do think, is an upgrade over Alex Smith, even though they're very similar players. 
but they got more weapons. They added Curtis Samuel, veteran running back Lamar Miller, and then their defense is a very is their you know best part of their game, and their secondary is like the only thing that really is lacking. And they go out and sign William Jackson, who is a pretty solid cornerback. So I think Washington. Definitely was a winner. And then for the Bucks, I mean, it's pretty set in stone. They brought back everyone. They <laughs> yeah. brought they just back brought back Nadamakan Sue today and Donovan Smith. The only guys they haven't brought back are Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette, pretty much. Which so, is a okay with that roster. If you're bringing back the team that won the Super Bowl, I mean, that's that's a win to me. Mm-hmm. Uh I actually think there's two teams way and above, and I think one of those teams is Tampa that just had a very good free agency because they didn't lose anything. Mm-hmm. Uh and some of their young guys are still getting better. Uh, Shaq Barrett's only going to get better in his NFL career. Uh, my third biggest winner was the Browns. The Browns went from a very good team to a damn near elite team, uh, f- fixing up some of their defensive issues. They got a new edge rusher in McKinley, John Johnson the third safety, and Troy Hill at corner really beefing up mm-hmm. that secondary and making sure nobody's going to pass all over this team. Uh, I'm super excited to watch the Browns next year, I'm, and which is something that hasn't been said in seven years. <laughs> yeah, uh, I cannot wait. I think they are going to be much better, and defensively, they're just studs now. Yeah, Browns definitely had a good. Did they get Matt Milano too? I feel like they did. I don't. I, uh, I'm not sure. I don't really remember. Actually, I'm not. I, I actually don't remember. But oh, I still. do have an honorable mention though. What is that? Daniel Jones alone. <laughs> uh, getting Kyle Rudolph, John Ross, and Kenny G. Uh, you just beefed up your wide receiver core pretty big time and are poised for a breakout year now. So, honorable mention winner, Daniel Jones. Yeah, my uh, my number two is the New York Giants. Uh, like, I've, not just Daniel Jones, but <laughs> um, the Giants, definitely kind of along with the Washington football team. In a weaker division, you really want to try to take advantage of free agency to be the best team in that division, whether you're a good football team or not. If you're the best team in your division, you'll make the playoffs. Um, first off, they brought back their star defensive uh, tackle, Leonard Williams. And then, like you said, they went out and got a couple weapons on uh, the wide receiver, obviously led by Kenny Galladay. Big time signing. It, it was looking like it was kind of come down to the Giants or the Ravens. Kenny Galladay, you know, we're going to see how much he likes going downgrading from Matt Stafford to <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones. But hopefully this, you know, like you said, makes Daniel Jones better. I mean, he, a guy who turns the ball over a lot. Um is made with fumbles and interceptions. So hopefully he can do a better job of that. They also go out and get a Dory Jackson to play corner. They still have the 11th or 12th pick in the draft. I mean, the giants are set up to have a pretty good year, but I have been seeing a lot of giants fans taking it a little too far saying that they're going to be like 12 and four, like be <laughs> dominant. Daniel Jones isn't really, hasn't shown me enough to say that, but they definitely are having a fantastic off season. Yeah. And my number two is the team we've already mentioned Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay had a great offseason. I mean, like I, like you said, you return your Super Bowl inside nine. Uh, you're going to be pretty elite the year after. Super Bowl inside eight, I should say. Because uh, their they're eight inside on defense was unreal this year. The best inside eight in the NFL. And uh, I'm really excited to watch this Tampa Bay team next year. I'm not underrating them at all. I will never doubt <laughs> this Tampa Bay team again. Yeah, uh, But they definitely had a great great offseason when you return everybody that and we we sat here not knowing if they'd be able to they did they some of their guys took some cuts and they made it work which is awesome my number one is uh kind of obvious it's the new england patriots uh really just went out and balled out and first right at the beginning of free agency starting off with bringing back cam newton a guy who i really didn't expect them to bring back and we've talked about all their signings but obviously their dual tight ends uh threat with hunter henry johnny smith 
Nelson Aguilar defensively. They have Matthew Judon. Um, they traded for Trent Brown to play tackle for them. There's plenty more moves that I just didn't have written down. Um, the Patriots are a team that I would be shocked if they didn't make the playoffs next year. Cam Newton has really talked a lot this free agency, at least, about how he is prepared to have a better season this year and ready to prove the doubters wrong and everything. And I would like to see that because it's it would be cool to see Cam come back and play well again. So my number one winner is the Patriots. And I, I don't have the Patriots on here because I'm not sold on all their moves. I'm really not sold on their two really? big-time moves of Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. I think they might have really overpaid those guys. But my number one winner is a team uh, who lost Hunter Henry, the L.A. Chargers. Their offensive line got so good this offseason with Corey Lindsley, Corey Lindsley and Matt Feeler beefing up that offensive line with, behind Justin Herbert. And uh, then they got Jared Cook to replace Hunter Henry, which is huge because you're not really losing much, I don't think. Eh, Hunter Henry's much better than Jared Cook. Jared Cook's really old. But still, yeah. I think it's a really good replacement and a really good, not I shouldn't say reset, but just a good way of advancing your team and taking another step and becoming mm-hmm. in the right direction and becoming elite. Uh, I love the Corey Lindsley move at center. Yeah, He's definitely. very smart and anything to protect your young quarterback. Uh, you looked at Justin Herbert was hit the second most times of any quarterback last year behind Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson demanded more uh he wanted more protection, and they went out, and Justin Herbert got it. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, Chargers definitely had a great offseason as well. It's a team that I expect to be a lot more competitive. I mean, they were a competitive team, but as far as winning, winning. games, I think that they will be much better this upcoming season. Um, Herbert didn't really get much better weapon-wise as far as like guys he can go to, but like you said, protection is very important as well, so that's huge for them. Um First, I, I do have a couple losers here, just as far as, like, this isn't about teams or rating them or anything. I just wrote them down. First loser, I think, is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, <laughs> losing his all-pro center and Corey Lindsley, and then the Packers were a team that I really expected to go out and sign a, a, a wide receiver. One, of, I mean, there was, obviously, this wide receiver free agency class wasn't insanely good, you know, with Robinson and Godwin both getting tagged. But there was still a lot of good weapons out here that – the Green Bay Packers got none of them. Will Fuller going to Miami, Kenny G going to uh, the Giants. Not it's, looking like they're going to get yeah, anybody exactly. else. It Sammy looks like Watkins they're really not going to. And, and even them, like it's not. That's not even really much of an upgrade from yeah. Marcus Valdez Scantling. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is my first big loser. That's actually that makes a lot of sense for Aaron Rodgers, especially when they re-signed Aaron Jones. Who mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Which is just like, it's what's like, the point? You why, know? why? Why did you do that? So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a big loser. What's your next one? Do you have another one? Um, Yeah, another one is uh, the Chicago Bears, I think, are a big-time loser as they they were a team that was really in the mix of getting a star quarterback this offseason, and they go out and get Andy Dalton. They lose. They lost a lot of guys on their defense, and they get uh, Desmond Trufant from the Lions, who uh, had a horrible season with the Lions last year, like was really, really bad, especially in man-to-man coverage. So, I don't think the you know the Bears are another one of my losers just mainly because of the Andy Dalton signing. No hate against Andy Dalton, but I expected a lot more from the Chicago Bears. It's hilarious seeing the Bears have such a bad offseason just because they they had such high hopes for the offseason. Uh you know, they were they were trying to get Russell Wilson at one point and got stuck with Andy Dalton. So that, that that's a pretty bad trade-off. Yeah. And then uh my last like loser is the Baltimore Ravens actually because they were a team that like I said, went after Kenny Galladay after his meeting with the Giants. They were a team that offered a big deal to Juju Smith-Schuster, and Juju took a pay cut to stay in 
Pittsburgh for one more year other than taking a a long-term contract in Baltimore. So the Ravens were a team that kind of like the Packers really needed to take advantage of the wide receiver market and free agency, and they didn't really do that. And they also lost a lot of guys in their defense in Judon and Ngakwe and a couple more guys. So the Ravens are another loser to me. And I didn't really keep track of what the Ravens were doing this offseason because I didn't feel like they were doing much, in all honesty. They were pretty, they they were pretty much, quiet, yeah. and they were a team that needed to make some moves to really get over the hump of being a good team to a great team, and it just looks like they whiffed. Mm-hmm. Another, like, subtle winner. Uh, I think the Bills signing Mitchell Trubisky actually is a kind of a W because simply for the fact that you can trade him, honestly, at some point to a team that maybe still has hope in Trubisky. Um, and, and he's, a, I mean, he's not obviously a great starting quarterback, but he's probably going to be one of the better backups in the NFL now, especially for a guy in Josh Allen who does take a lot of big hits. I know he's an athletic quarterback, but he's he's not safe to not getting injured just like <laughs> everyone else. So I like that signing by the Bills, and like I said, they could capitalize off of him via trade at some point, so I like that signing too. It makes it so you can be very lenient with Josh Allen. You know, if he's got uh-huh. a sore right shoulder... Uh, from one hit, he can sit out a couple plays and really figure it out and make sure it's good to go and then hop back in. It just makes you – you can be safer with Josh Allen yeah. and use kind of Mitch Trubisky as just – because he is good enough. He was a starting quarterback yeah. at one point. Uh, he's a great – he's probably going to make a pretty good backup quarterback, I'd assume, unless he tries to do too much. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how much opportunity he'll get in yeah. Buffalo, but, um, but – It's nice to have him back there. Last thing I do want to talk about is kind of with the Juju pay cut um, – it was very surprising. I didn't expect Juju to come back to to Pittsburgh, especially on a one year, eight million dollar deal. Um, is do you think Juju made made the right decision here? No, uh, no. I think he should have went and got his money while he had the opportunity. I'm really worried that after the season, Juju might have missed the mark. Uh, you might see. I, I shouldn't say might because who knows what will happen. But if he has a bad year, he he might not get paid very much money next year in the off season. So I think he really missed his opportunity, and he shouldn't have taken the pay cut. Go somewhere where they're going to pay you. Get your money while it's there. What happens if you get hurt this season? Uh, I think it was a really silly move. Uh, but it is kind of cool that he's got that much dedication to the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. That is cool. Uh, it's nice to see some, uh, what's that word, loyalty yeah. in the NFL. Uh, however, do I think it's the right move now? I agree with you. Uh, I mean, Juju, like like I said, or like you said, he definitely could come out this year and play like trash and not get a good de- not get a big deal from a team and he might just be signing one year contracts for a while. Um I don't expect him to be like god awful but he's under a lot of pressure this year now to come yeah. out and have a successful year and also not get you know have all this off the field backlash and issues that I mean not I don't want to say issues but you know what I mean just yeah. all the off the field antics that go on with Juju. Um, it's he definitely is under pressure to be a, a good wide receiver this year because it, if he doesn't, like you said, he's not going to get paid, and he definitely could have gotten paid this offseason mm-hmm. by by somebody. So, yeah. Um, I mean, does that wrap up NFL I, talk? I think, I think it does. Uh, that TikTok you sent me today of that Juju fan, <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. That blew up. <laughs> oh, man, it's just funny seeing all the – all the little, little kid Juju fans. <laughs> it's just funny to send them to Willie mainly. <laughs> I do too. I send them all to Willie. <laughs> so uh, let's move on. NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. Today's Wednesday. It is on Thursday, I think at like 3 or 4 o'clock. Um, no trades have really happened yet. Obviously, we had the P.J. Tucker trade 
Uh, Cabin Jelly just got traded from the Clippers to, I forget, I honestly forget who he even got traded to for like a second round pick. Clippers were just freeing up a roster spot. But yeah, let's talk. I mean, um, Woj on, on his pod or Zach Lowe's pod said that he expects to be a lot of trades within on Wednesday and Thursday. So I, that's not really what I expected, honestly, just cause they're, you know, we saw our big time trade of James Harden happen earlier this season. I don't expect any big time names to get traded, but there are some guys though. I mean, are... um, when I say big time names, I mean like superstar, all star oh, guys. Oh. I don't expect any guys like that to be traded, but there is, yeah, there definitely is some guys. Um, let's start. Let's first start talking about Victor Oladipo, a guy who got traded in the James Harden trade earlier. I mean, technically in the James Harden trade, got traded for Karis LeVert, playing with Houston, a team that is sitting at um twelve and thirty right now. <laughs> Second to last place in the West. They just won their first game, but they lost 20 in a row before that. Um, and obviously Oladipo is, is a free agent this upcoming offseason, so his value is is kind of high. I mean, he he's a guy who could join a team that is in the mix right now and really help them make a playoff run. What is a few teams that you would think should make a move for Oladipo? A few teams that should make the move for Oladipo. Oladipo is a guy that has to really fit. Uh, you could see a team like the Miami Heat going out and getting him. They've been playing extremely well. And again, whenever this trade talks, Miami Heat's going to be in them because yeah. they're assets. Uh, I could see the Celtics get a new guard, even though they need big play. But uh, they again, a lot of assets they can move for Victor Oladipo. In the West, though, I'm trying to think of a Western Conference team. <laughs> That could trade for Victor Oladipo. Maybe like Dallas. I mean, may, maybe, oh. but I don't know what they would move. I mean, I don't know what. Because Houston has said they want a young player and, or at least a young player, a young asset and a pick, which um, Dallas doesn't have. No, they, so. they don't have one. They're, they're willing to trade. Yeah. Uh, but again, like the Miami Heat really do. Miami Heat have lots of young assets mm-hmm. and picks and stuff they can move. But which ones are they willing to move, though? I mean, yeah. Tyler Hero obviously is not going to get moves. I don't think Duncan Robinson will get move. moved. Kendrick Nunn is probably the only guy who I could see getting moved. But, but is he good enough? And then for it comes Victor? to the point where, like, do you want to go Oladipo or do you want to trade for Kyle Lowry? Because um, Lowry is a guy who is probably going to get traded. I honestly think. I mean, Toronto was a team that started off horrible, went on a little bit of a run, and then now they're bad again. They're seventeen and twenty-six. They were the team that beat the Houston Rockets or lost to the Houston Rockets <laughs> for their first win. Um, he said he wants to retire as a Raptor, but obviously that doesn't mean that he wants to stay in Toronto for the rest of his career. Just at the end of his career, he wants to finish in Toronto. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of a, a I know we kind of switched from Oladipo to Lowry, but let's say if you were the Miami Heat, who are you rather trading for? Oh, Lowry, 100%. Uh, Lowry commands a lot of respect and uh, on offense and defensively. He's an elite defender, and his uh, the way he uh, controls an offense is unreal. He's uh, very, I think him and Jimmy Butler would be perfect yeah, next to each other. I agree. Uh, they don't demand the ball. They don't demand a lot of, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of needs for them to be good. They mm-hmm. can just fit into the system and be good. And it allows other guys to really, who need the ball to be good, to get those plays. So I could see that. I think that works much better than VO yeah. and Jimmy Butler. And I think, like, honestly, I feel like with Kyle Lowry, they're obviously usually in the trade deadline. There'll be a random team that comes out and makes a trade for a guy that you didn't expect that team to get involved. But I feel like if Kyle Lowry does get dealt, it's either going to be to Miami or Philly. I really don't see any other teams trading for Lowry. Like I said, they could, but I don't really expect it. Philly is interesting because, you know, Kyle Lowry is from Philly, went to college in Philly. 
a team that is first in the East right now, really trying to win the championship this year and getting Kyle Lowry helps with that. Um, I've heard that they have thrown Tyrese Maxey into trade talks, which I, if I'm the, let's, let's talk about this from the Raptors. Oh, perspective. I pull the trigger. So for, if you're the Raptors, you get, let's, would you rather get Kendrick Nunn and you're probably gonna have to get like uh, Igadala and somebody else for money and then a pick, or would you rather get Tyrese Maxey with, man, who's, who's Philly throwing in for money for money though? Mike Scott. I mean, Lowry's making almost $30 million this year. Like, I don't know who Philly's throw, Danny or you throw Danny Green. He's going back to Toronto. He's making like fifteen mil. I don't know. There's there's got to be somebody else on the roster that's making a decent amount. Terrence Ferguson may be making like five million. Mike Scott is making like seven million. I'm pretty sure. Let's, let's just go with the Tyrese Maxey yeah. first round pick versus Kendrick Nunn first round sure. pick. Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think you can. The trade to Philly works really well. Uh, but I'm not sure how much I like it for Philly. Would you rather, would you get, if you're Philly, would you give up Tyrese Maxey for Kyle Lowry in a package? And you're probably throwing in a pick as well. Maybe, maybe a second, maybe a first. I don't know. I don't really know what Tyrese's value is. Yeah. You know, when I've watched him, there's some games where he's crazy and some games where he's just, it's like he's, he's just, just on there. the court. Yeah. Uh, I would do it because you're a team that so. I, you have to realize. Like, would are you? It's win now. Are you? Yeah. Are you going to be stingy and hold on to a guy who you picked in the late first round that might turn into a rotational player at some point, or trade for a guy that can who has won a championship in the last two years and can help lead your offense with, especially with Joel Embiid being injured. I know he, they don't play the same position and everything, but just to you know have some scoring while Embiid yeah. is out. I would probably do it just because you have to value the championship over the future of, I guess. Well, I think it allows for a lot of versatility as well. You can move Ben Simmons to the four with mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry. Uh, you can just have Kyle Lowry run the, run the one and Ben Simmons run the four, which is something we've talked about might be a great move for Ben Simmons' future uh, to be kind of the four, the dominant ball dominant four that he can be. Yeah, and in positionless basketball, I mean, it doesn't really matter what, Mm-hmm. what position he is anyways. Yeah. But those two on the court together, I could really see working mm-hmm. as Ben Simmons being more of an off-ball player. Um, It would be sad for Kyle Lowry to get traded just because, you know, he's a seems like a Toronto Raptor for life or guy. But Toronto has not been scared to trade away their guys like that with, you know, DeRozan getting traded a few years ago. Back to Oladipo. Um, I'm just kind of looking at my standings right now because there's the, the East is just still so interesting. <laughs> Um, because right now, you know, you have your top three in the East, Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, kind of all sitting up in the top three by themselves. And then four through four through like 10 are all within three games of each other. You have Atlanta at four, Charlotte at five, Miami at six, New York at seven, Boston at eight, Chicago at nine, Indiana at 10. Like I said, Atlanta has 22 wins at four and 10 seed Indiana has 19 wins. That so. is crazy they're all right there um all of those teams i expect some of those teams to make one of two decisions all right we are going to try to we are going to try to be the top of these these teams and go out and buy for some guys or you could see teams do the opposite and say all right like maybe the charlotte hornets you know with Lamelo ball being hurt okay maybe we don't see this team going far for the rest of the season let's make a move to try and you know, regress, I guess, mm-hmm. to sell. But I, I don't see Charlotte really Can, doing that. Are the Hawks a team that is poised to make the a Hawks, move? The Hawks are so interesting right now because they were a team that was selling early in the season. They fired their coach. John Collins was reportedly 100% going to get traded. Um, and then they start rolling out of nowhere. And then it's just like, well, now what do they do? Bogdanovich has reportedly been in trade talks. 
Um, Cam Cam Reddish has now become available in trade talks. Is Collins still available? I feel like no, right? I mean, they're sitting at fourth in the East right now. Like that is home court in the playoffs. Like I feel like you have to do the exact opposite and try and go get somebody. Well, I'm thinking you could you uh, a team like the Magic who is probably willing to trade. I mean, they've talked about trading Aaron Gordon and Vooch. Yeah, Uh, Vooch. I don't think they would. They're gonna trade to Atlanta. I don't really think Atlanta would get Vooch, but. But I don't see an, an Aaron Gordon trade maybe happening. Maybe. But I, feel like, I feel like they would get a wing John player, Collins. though. Like Fournier, Terrence Ross. Or, I mean, it, Orlando Orlando is in a pretty nice position. Mm-hmm. They have a, a good amount of guys that would definitely benefit um, being on championship teams. Man, but, Fournier on the Hawks would be nice. Yeah. How much different is he than Bogdanovich? <laughs> not though? at all. Really not. Not at but all. But, yeah, it's just weird because the Hawks have been trying to sell, really. And now they're, in win. Now they're not. Um. Back to Oladipo, I feel like the New York Knicks, I feel like, are a candidate to... The New York Knicks are definitely a buyer of this trade deadline. Um, Oladipo to the Knicks, I think, helps a lot. The Knicks are one of the worst offenses in the NBA. They're a very good defense, but there's a lot of times, especially when Julius Randle is off the court, that they really just can't score the ball. And Oladipo is still a... He's a great two-way player. He does both. He fits their defense very well. He'll also still average 20 a game, so... I like Oladipo to the Knicks. I feel like they have they can make a nice package. They can throw them Kevin Knox or Frank, whichever one Houston prefers. Um, I like that move a yeah, lot. Yeah, you throw a, a salary dump with there. I'm trying to think of a guy who they could have. I don't really know. And then a pick, probably, and that gets it done. So I like that move. I think they should definitely pull the trigger. But the Knicks, um, if they don't make any moves, I'd be disappointed. Yeah, me too, because for the first time in a while, I've been excited to watch Knicks basketball. Yeah. So let's talk about let's talk about Orlando because um let's start with like let's start with Aaron Gordon like I said they have I would say they have four guys but Vucevic is I don't think he'll get traded I don't think there's many teams that have the assets and are willing to make a trade right now in the middle of the season for Vooch so let's talk about Aaron Gordon Fournier and Terrence Ross Aaron Gordon is a guy that I know you're a fan of um he's a guy who really has had a weird career in Orlando so far really shown that he feels like he hasn't shown his full potential yet. Um, what do you think a main team should go get Aaron Gordon or a team that should, that should go get Aaron Gordon? I think a team, uh, again, I think the Celtics should try and pull a trigger on an Aaron Gordon deal. Great off ball player, great runner. Uh, he can really help take some of that pressure off of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and give them a threat to be in the dunker spot or that short corner spot when they're they're playing. Uh, I have always been a guy who's been really high on Aaron Gordon. Mm -hmm. I really like Aaron Gordon. Uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's been in Orlando his whole career is the issue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I really want him to get moved to a winning franchise. Uh, the Celtics, the Heat, again, a team that I could see making a move, getting that four spot fixed because yeah. they do have an issue there. They don't have Jay Crowder like they used to. Uh, Philly, I couldn't see making a move. Knicks doesn't fit there, fit anything with them. Yeah. Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle, he he doesn't even have a spot. In the yeah, floor. I mean Mitchell Robinson is done for the year, but still, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still right. though, I mean him and Randle, how's that any different than him and Isaac? You know, that's the yeah. reason why he didn't work out in Orlando. Just he had too similar of a player next to him. Um, I think Portland is another team that should try to go after Aaron Gordon. Another, he's very similar to like a Robert Covington type of player. Having multiple guys like that is definitely not a bad idea. No. Aaron Gordon kind of brings more of an offensive threat than Covington. Um, and still can stretch the floor, play good defense, especially with you know Nurkic being injured for a while. They kind of need more front court play. Um, another Aaron Gordon team. There was one on my mind that I forgot to say. I don't really remember, but let's talk about Evan Fournier. 
The the Orlando Magic right now are second in the e- or second to last in the East, 14-29, fourth worst record in the NBA. A team that really is looking towards the rebuild button, which, you know, it feels like they've been rebuilding for a while. So, <laughs> um, you know, they're kind of doing what the Pistons did. They're the Orlando's been in the same spot as Detroit for a while where they're making the playoffs or barely missing it every year but not doing shit in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, um Fournier, I like th- I like the Celtics honestly. Like I really do. Like like I saw an offer that was like Marcus Smart and two firsts for Aaron Gordon and Fournier because Boston has this huge trade exception from Gordon Hayward, largest in NBA history. If they don't, it, it they can only use it up to the trade deadline and then it's gone. So like if Boston doesn't make a trade, I will be so like, I mean, I won't be mad. Cause I'm not, I'm not a Boston fan, but like seriously, you know, that's kind of how I'll be. Um, I, but I like I don't know I just so, don't I feel like Marcus Smart leaving Boston though is is very unlikely or getting yeah, traded just out of Boston. He's been praised as the glue guy there. Like literally, I mean, everywhere you go, they talk about you know Marcus Smart's the glue yeah. of this team. But do I think it's a bad move to get rid of him for Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon? No. Uh-huh. How likely is it? I'm not sure, but I love the trade. Yeah. And, but I also saw like I see Celtics fans that are like you're giving up Smart two first and not getting Vucevic like. What's the oh. point of doing that? You know, I feel like, w- would you rather just get Vucevic for that or get Gordon and Fournier? You know, it's just like, uh I'd probably go know. the two for one. Yeah, but you could probably get another. I mean, because they have that exception. So you could probably get Terrence Ross, too, if you're getting Vucevic. Eh, I don't know, actually. I mean, Vucevic is on a pretty big deal. Pretty No, he's on a pretty nice deal, like a oh, very team-friendly contract. He's on, like, a two-year deal, less than, like, he's it's, like, low 20 millions. He's on a very team-friendly deal, so... His his value is probably pretty high. Um, obviously, I don't really know because he's never been traded. He hasn't been traded, but um, I'd like to see Vooch get traded. Yeah. I really would. I'd like to see him on a contender. Me too. I mean, because he's especially because he's having such a good year. I'm sick of watching him. <laughs> Next guy I want to talk about is Lonzo Ball. Uh, Lonzo Ball has really had a breakout year this season, playing well. Uh, New Orleans is in a really tough spot because he is going to hit restricted free agency this offseason where a team will pay Lonzo Ball, obviously, just just for his name. Even if he was bad, he would still get paid $25 million a year by somebody. Um, New Orleans, honestly, has, has I mean, been playing kind of well with Lonzo. I think he fits really well with Zion. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset if they you know, don't trade him and, and extend him this offseason. I don't think that's a bad idea by any means. Um, but if Lonzo is to get traded, I mean, the Clippers have said they're interested. The Chicago Bulls reportedly have been interested. The Knicks obviously are always going to be in Lonzo Ball talks. What are you thinking? <laughs> uh, he needs, if you're if you're another team uh, looking to make the playoffs and compete, I would pull the trigger in a heartbeat on Lonzo Ball. I mean, obviously depending on the package, but if it's a good yeah. package, I am. Uh, first one to 100 threes out of him, Luca, and uh, Trey Young. First per- first player to hit 100 threes this year. Uh, he has been he has fixed his shooting woes and his issues. So now he is a lockdown defender. A uh, oh, what's the word? <laughs> Fast break uh, threat oh, yeah. and a spot up shooting threat, which is huge and it makes Lonzo Ball completely viable for many systems. Um, the Knicks, eh. The Clippers, I like. The Clippers, I like a lot. I like, but, like, how can the Clippers trade for Lonzo? I have no idea. Like, they have no... I mean, Lonzo's value is probably pretty high. I know, like I said, he is restricted free agent, but I think whatever team trades for him, obviously, is trading for him to keep him for longer than just half a season. So, um, the Clippers, obviously, like I said, they are interested. I don't know how they make a trade for Lonzo Ball. I really don't. They have no picks. They have no 
good young assets. They really have no good assets at all that would they would be willing to trade because you'd have to trade someone that's in their rotation. It's just like, yeah. why would you want to do that? You're already you're third in the West right now, you know? I don't uh, know. I'm okay with the Bulls. I don't know how they get it done. The Bulls, it would probably be for a Lowry marketing deal. I know the Bulls have reportedly been shopping Lowry. <coughs> Um, because the, you know, the, before the season, it was really like Zach Levine is going to get traded. And now it's like, okay, Chicago is building around Zach Levine cause he's our superstar and Lowry marketing doesn't really fit that well next to Zach Levine, just because I mean, Thaddeus young and Zach Levine are like apparently really close friends and they don't want to trade Thaddeus young away cause they're building around Levine and Thaddeus young and Lowry marketing obviously don't fit together, especially mm-hmm. with Wendell Carter there. So Lowry Markin and probably get traded. He's in along with Lonzo Ball that 2017 class. He'll be a free agent this offseason. Um, Lowry might fit maybe with Zion. I don't know if they want to play small ball five with Lowry, but um, you you're at least you're that. at least getting a young asset that yeah. you could maybe do a sign and trade with in the offseason if you don't like his future with Zion. Um, and it, I think it's a decent. I mean, I assume that New Orleans would probably get a, something a little bit extra with Lowry Markin because I would say Lonzo's probably more valuable, but. Yeah, I, I think that's a decent return for Lonzo, I guess. You're getting another young player. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like you're getting a scrub young player. I mean, Lowry's mm-hmm. still got a pretty bright future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a bright future Definitely. in Chicago. And someone probably is going to pay him $20-plus million mm-hmm. this offseason. I don't think Chicago will, so they might as well capitalize on him right now. Yeah, might as well make your moves. Yeah. Any news? Um, No. <laughs> uh, But, yeah, that's kind of just a few guys that I wanted to talk about. And then now I kind of want to talk about a a trade offered that happened. Um, pretty much, there, like I said, it's trade deadline. A lot of names are being thrown around. Um, and the Kings offered the Detroit Pistons Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay, and the Pistons reportedly declined. That's all we know. We don't know if there was anything else in the trade. I would really be shocked if it was just a literal swap, these two guys one for one with nothing else. I think it's pretty obvious. It's um, But, like, you know, the Pistons declined this trade. I mean, what is your immediate... Uh, Thought behind that, I guess. Uh, it makes me happy to see Troy Weaver doesn't just make trades to make trades. Yeah. Uh, that he actually will decline a bad trade offer if he thinks it's a bad one. So that makes me happy thinking that he looked at this trade and said, no, I don't like it. It's mm-hmm. not good enough. Because uh, I didn't know if he had that ability. I thought if there was a pick in it, he might pull the trigger no matter what. But uh, Sadiq Bay for Marvin Bagley is... It's Sadiq Bay has a much brighter future right now than Marvin Bagley does. Yeah, I mean, they're probably around the same age, but, I mean, Sadiq Bay is only in his rookie year. Bagley really has struggled to stay healthy, and when he has stayed healthy, I mean, he just hasn't fit with that Kings team that much, especially because there's a lot of guys who play his position that are pretty good at basketball. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy that it was a de- decline. Yeah, I don't want to give up Sadiq Bay like, anytime Plus, soon. Plus, what's the point of doing that trade? Like, yeah. Let's say even Bagley, his only concern is his injury, but when he plays, he's pretty good. What's the point of just swapping young players, though? Like, there's no point. It was especially with Sadiq being a rookie. I feel like if if the only way you trade any of the rookies is if you are getting a star, a star, yeah. like you're getting you're getting a crazy deal, or you're getting like a pick that's going to be top five in the draft this year, which isn't going to happen. So, mm-hmm. um, let's talk about the Pistons. I really want the Pistons to make another trade here at the trade deadline. They have been very active so far this season with buying out Blake Griffin, trading away Derrick Rose, trading for Hamadou Diallo. Um, They have a few players on their roster that I definitely could see helping out playoff teams with DeLon Wright, maybe Wayne Ellington, but I feel like he probably won't get traded. Not anymore. Um, But yeah, DeLon Wright kind of being the main one. 
Um, but I would like to, like I said, like I said earlier, Cam Reddish just became available to the Atlanta Hawks. I would love for the Pistons go out and trade for a young project player because that's kind of a, they have a lot of project players on their team right now that just need a second chance. Um, Cam Reddish does a plenty of potential too. It's not like he needs a second chance already. He's just, him and DeAndre Hunter both don't fit in Atlanta together and they kind of had to pick one and DeAndre Hunter is the clear better one, so... Um, I would love for the Pistons to try to go out and trade for Cam Reddish. Yeah, I would love to see a Cam Reddish trade. Uh, some guys I think you could throw in their names. Uh, Josh Jackson, you might be able to move for a guy like Cam Reddish. Uh, they're much. I don't know though, because how much different? Are yeah, they? they're kind of similar. I don't really know. What, I feel like you'd have to throw in. I mean, we would have to throw in a, a pick probably. I mean, um, yeah. but like a future super future pick. Maybe you give them Delon Wright for right now. You know, help another wing player, guard player to help you out. Um, and then we throw in a. I don't know. I really don't. I don't know, know who. What how player about, he's what on. is Cam Reddish's value though? That's the thing. Like, how high is his? Okay, value? so here's something crazy for you. This is a question where I can figure out how you feel about this player. All right, Seku. No, don't trade Seku. Okay, I didn't know. I, I yeah. almost would. I, I really <laughs> because have. what's the point of trading him right now? I think like Cameron his, va- his value isn't at an all time high or anything. Yeah, so like you might yeah. as well hang on to him. Yeah. But if you're getting Cam Reddish in return. Oh, you're saying to trade for Cam? For yeah, Cam but why Reddish. would Atlanta want, want Seku over Cam? It's just such a downgrade. Yeah, you're of right. a young they're, they're, they're buying. They're yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. And he, well, I mean, they. I feel like if they're trading for or trading away Cam Reddish, it's to get a, a player yeah. that can help them right now. Yeah. How many did the Pistons got have like that on our team? One. Not enough for to trade for Cam Reddish. I feel mm. like, but I just hope the Pistons do make some moves, um, just to free up more minutes for our young players. Killian Hayes still has got to come back this season. Diallo has yet to play. Um, since being traded to the Pistons. You see Svee postered somebody yesterday in their game? No. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a super poster, but, like, he had a nice dunk in in the in the half court, too. Like, it wasn't a fast break. That is awesome. Yeah, I know. It was like, what's up with players leaving Detroit and gaining 10 inches to their vertical? Because Blake, too. Yep. So, um, I want the Pistons to make trades strictly because it's fun when they do. Yeah. Like, I Troy Weaver has made it fun to be a Pistons fan again. I love it. I love seeing a different... Different guys out there. Yeah. I love having 11 guys who play, in all honesty. 10 <laughs> guys who play. It makes it fun to watch them. Mm-hmm. So going through, I'm going to name off a, a few teams here and just say what teams do you expect to be the most active in free agency? And I'm going to go through those same exact teams that in the East that I think are on the bunch there. Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, New York, Boston, Chicago, Indiana. I see Miami. I see Boston. And there was one more team in there. Go through them again. Oh, sh- no, not Chicago. Go through uh, them New again. York, maybe? New York. Yeah. Those three teams need to be active because those three teams should be locked in playoff mm-hmm. teams. Like, the fact that they're not, they should be embarrassed because they have n- I mean, less of New York. Not, yeah, New, not, not New York. But Boston and Boston Miami for sure, yeah. should not be sitting here on this bubble of, oh, I wonder if we're going to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They got to make a move. They have to cement their spot in the playoffs. Uh, because it's it's not looking good for them. Uh, the Celtics have had a bad year where they really need to turn Very it around. Very disappointing season, yeah. And the Knicks, honestly, I have them in there just because they look like they want to make moves. Yeah, and they definitely, because they, they might as well capitalize right now because they they could go out and sign a big free agent next year if they have some sort Finally. of playoff success. Like, you might as well try to be good so uh, you can attract a free agent. Um, The Pacers sitting at 10 seed. I don't really know what their plan is because... It's not like they're going to—I really don't think they're going to do much. I bet they'll probably just coast it out the rest of the year. Uh, they might sneak in the playoffs. It wouldn't surprise me if they did just because they usually are in the playoffs. Uh, but, yeah, like Toronto, I expect them to sell. 
Washington is an interesting one because they're, you know, at sitting at 13th in the East at 15 and 27. They're only four games out of the playing game of the 10 seeds, so they still could be good. I don't think they're going to be selling, though. I mean, when you have Westbrook and Bradley Beal, how much selling can you do, really? You know, I feel like you have to try, and but I don't think they should trade away all their assets to try and go all in, too. Yeah, they, they shouldn't be um, buying. They will probably be a very, uh, a team that is big in the buyout market. I feel like there's going to be a lot of players bought out. Um, the Lakers are interested in Drummond if he gets bought out. I really wonder if Drummond's going to get traded or not. Um, I feel like he might not, honestly. Me too. I think he might just be yeah. stuck. Let's talk about the Warriors. Kelly Oubre uh, has really been in talks here. There's been talks about a Oubre for Oladipo-type trade with Oladipo going back to Golden State. That's interesting. Um, I don't know how much of an upgrade Oladipo is over Oubre. I'm, I'm, I mean, definitely he is better than Oubre, but just depends on all the other stuff you throw in in between. Um, with Ubre and Oladipo, I think it comes down to more to fit. You know, does, does Oladipo fit that much better? Yeah. With uh the Warriors, I'm not sure he fits better than Kelly Ubre does. Uh, Kelly Ubre hasn't had a great year, but he hasn't been awful this year. Mm-hmm. But Oladipo is no doubt a better and, player. And they're both both of those players are going to be unrestricted free agents this upcoming offseason. So yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, is there any other teams? Sacramento's in a really weird spot because they just they're always in this same position in the <laughs> West, and do they? I feel like if they commit to a full rebuild, it's just they do that every single year. So they have guys like Harrison Barnes with Sean Holmes that teams definitely would be interested in. Um, Denver is another team that I think I would love to see go get Aaron Gordon. You could throw Bull Bull into a trade there. I think that would work pretty well. He's a younger player. Maybe RJ Hampton. Um, they But Denver definitely does have some young assets if they want to make a deal too. Yeah. I, I mean, think that wraps that's it up. That's pretty much it. So uh yeah, that's that's it for the trade deadline. Like I said, we won't be back for a while, so all the trades that do happen, we won't be able to talk about them for over a week. But be ready for some trades because I'm super excited to see uh, all the trades that go down. As an NBA fan, you, everybody should be excited for this. Yeah, deadline. especially because it's kind of the dry period of the NBA right now, and the trade deadline is kind of exactly what we need. So Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to some college basketball, to some March Madness. Last time we talked, it was before... Any of the games started, we just discussed our brackets that we picked. Spoiler alert, both of our brackets are completely <laughs> busted, just like everyone's. I mean, there's been there's been more upsets this year than any year so far, and that was halfway through the halfway through the second round. The first day of the second round, there was already the most upsets ever. In the which first is, weekend. Yeah, which is crazy. This has been an exciting March Madness. Uh we discussed this. Uh it's been exciting, but it's almost too many upsets now. Uh, some of the big names are out, and yeah. we get games like Oregon State and Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I mean, there's still a good amount of teams left. Yeah, like there are. But, yeah, like like you say, would you it, upsets are fun until you see the teams that are playing in the Sweet 16. It's like, oh, man, I would have loved to see Illinois, Oklahoma State. Like, yeah, exactly. I would have loved to see that. So <laughs> let's talk about each. We're going to talk about all the games that have happened so far just because, I mean, we've watched pretty much all of them. Um we haven't and then, missed many and then we're going to have a clean slate bracket, a new bracket starting at the Sweet 16, see who can do better. So let's start off. Gonzaga, Norfolk State. Zags all killed them. Killed them. That's that's all we need to talk about that one. Oklahoma, Missouri is a game, one of the very few games that I actually did not watch a second of. Nope, I have no idea. Um, but Oklahoma won. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch this game either. Pretty sure Reeves went off, but Creighton. UCSB, the Gauchos, one of my upsets <laughs> that I picked. Creighton wins the game by one point. What a disappointment. 
You you and Scuba loved the gauchos. Yeah, Scuba was big on them. I mean, I I I was big on them just because I picked them. But uh, yeah, Scuba was a big fan of of the gauchos. Sucks to see him lose. Very popular upset pick. Um, and then the next one, Ohio upsets Virginia. The first upset going in order of the bracket, starting in the West. Um, Jason Preston almost put up a triple double. And Ohio upsets the reigning champions. I mean, what a big ga- what a big game. Yeah, and I don't think this was as much a surprise to everybody. Uh, I think a lot of people actually picked Ohio. I think a lot of people thought Ohio was It wasn't win. one of the super popular upsets, but uh, it was, I mean, a decent, decent amount of people popular. picked them. Yeah. Uh, USC Drake, USC won pretty big, didn't catch much of this game. Um, Kansas-Eastern Washington, th- three versus 14, was actually a really good game. Eastern Washington had them two brothers, uh, the Grove brothers, I think, the one with the really crazy beard. Both of them went off. They each had like 30, uh, but Kansas won in a super high-scoring game, and I honestly thought after that game that Kansas was really going to make a run. Obviously didn't happen. Um, <laughs> Oregon beats VCU one to nothing. Best defensive game uh, in college basketball history probably. Just kidding. I'm obviously there's a COVID issue with VCU. Sucks to see that happen, really. Yeah, but it is a good thing that this is the only team it's happened to. And uh, I feel like it won't happen again after, you know, just because every team is now in the bubble, haven't left. So and, uh, uh it, it it was cool, yeah, I guess to see only because I figured we would have multiple issues. Uh but now all sixteen teams are here yeah. and safe and they're fine. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna get to finish March yeah. Madness. And then wrapping out the West uh quad, Iowa beat Grand Canyon. Didn't catch much of this game. Moving on to the East, one seeded Michigan versus sixteen Texas Southern. Michigan played really well in this mm-hmm. opening game. Uh, I, who somebody play, had a, Brandon Johns? I'm pretty sure had a really good game in this one, and they won with ease. Zeb Jackson came in, played pretty well. LSU St. Bonaventure. Cam Thomas started off this game absolutely ice cold, could not make a single shot, and then ended the game with 27 points somehow. Still, uh, LSU had had a nice win. St. Bonaventure picked the upset. That that was a funny didn't game because we were talking about Cam Thomas the next day. And you were like, dude, Cam Thomas didn't look good. And then all of a sudden you looked at your phone and went, oh, my God, he ended with 27. Yeah, they didn't, I mean, all pretty much all of his points. He had, like, 14 free throws, so a lot of his points came at the line. But still, like, he started off the game, like, 0 of 7. Like, didn't score with for, in the first, like, 12 minutes of the game, which <laughs> was very one surprising. one of the leading scorers yeah. in college hoops. Colorado-Georgetown, what a disappointing game. <laughs> Colorado murks Georgetown, like, beat him by 23 uh, they were up by more than 30 at one point. Not even close. Not even close at all. Really disappointing. I had Georgetown in the Sweet 16. Florida State, UNC Greensboro was actually a pretty good game, um, but Florida State's size really just ended up dominating this game as they won. BYU-UCLA was a really good game as Johnny Juzang went off again. Um, UCLA's rolling. They knocked off BYU. And then a huge upset here. 14-seeded Abilene Christian beat number 3-seeded Texas. <coughs> Uh, it was my first Final Four team to go. Had him in the Final Four. Yeah, and then, I mean, I'm just going to spoil it. Abilene Christian came out the next game and just played so bad. Awful. Like, it really frustrated me that Texas lost that game mm-hmm. because they're just, they they had, I don't know, just really frustrated me. <laughs> Maryland wins a Big Ten game, 63-54 over UConn, and then Bama beats Rick Patino's Iona team. Moving on to the South, Baylor beat Hartford, beat up on him. Wisconsin absolutely killed UNC, which I don't think many people expected. No, I don't think so. I picked Wisconsin. Though. Yeah, I, pe- I picked Wisconsin too, but I didn't I think that a close was. Game. I honestly thought North Carolina was going to beat him. I just picked Wisconsin because it's Big Ten. 
Um, Villanova Winthrop Winthrop won this or nah Villanova won this game. I picked Winthrop. That was probably the most popular upset pick. A lot of people had Winthrop. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Um, Nova actually played really well, and they've played really well so far this entire tournament. Huge upset. North Texas beat number four Purdue. Man, that one sucked. Mm-hmm. I had it, Purdue in the Sweet 16. The the Big Ten struggles really hurts. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about that mm-hmm. later as we get more into yeah. it. Yeah. Texas Tech beat Utah State. I had Utah State in that one. I think we both did. Uh, but Texas Tech played pretty well against Utah State's really good defense. Arkansas beat Colgate in kind of a scary game. Like It looked like Arkansas might get upset, but they came back and ended up winning pretty big. Florida-Virginia Tech was the first game, actually, and it was a super good game. Virginia mm-hmm. Tech hit a three on pretty much at the buzzer to send it to OT, but Florida ended up coming out and winning. And then the biggest upset of them all, Oral Roberts defeats Ohio State 75-72. Dwayne Washington misses a wide butt-ass naked open <laughs> three at the top of the key to tie the game and missed it. Um, I do want to say... Apologies go out to like EJ Liddell um, getting all those hate comments and death threats and everything mm-hmm. after the game. No place for that. Um, obviously, I know sports is a very passionate game, but there's no need for that at all. Like he's a human being, just like yeah. all of us. So. Especially when he gave it his all. Like especially, and he, dude, yeah, exactly. He loved Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, it's sad. It's just disappointing to see like fans do that. Obviously, I get upset about stuff too, and I, you know, but I keep it to myself. You know, yeah, I and say you don't, it, you don't hate. The I say it to my friends. You know, I say, oh, what the hell that this player did this. You get mad at him for like ten seconds, then you're over it. Yeah. You don't literally message the players. I, you know, like Death I don't, threats. I don't want to say the stuff that they said to them. Like it was. Yeah. Very awful. Um, Poor EJ Liddell. But yeah, but Oral Roberts, 15 seed, beating a two. It was crazy. I mean, Abe missed one off. They had another guy that went off. I forget his name. Um, but yeah, they went off. Illinois absolutely killed Drexel. Illinois, after this game, I I didn't see them losing. <laughs> they looked like they were going to go all the way. Loyola Chicago beat up on Georgia Tech. Pretty obvious pick there. Not for me. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the only reason why I said it. Oregon State pulls off a 12 over 5 upset over Tennessee, beating them up. Oklahoma State beats Liberty. I actually didn't watch any of that game. Me either. Syracuse beats San Diego State, a game I did not expect. <laughs> Buddy Beheim went off. Um, Syracuse only won by 16, but it was over within like mm-hmm. four minutes of the game. It was over. Syracuse killed them the whole time. Buddy Beheim is this year so far the yeah. star mm-hmm. of the tournament right now. He is, Definitely. He is unreal. <clears throat> Him or Crutwig, probably. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> going to say, Crutwig, the mustache. Um, and then West Virginia beat Moorhead State. Rutgers beat Clemson in a really close game. That was fun to watch. And then Houston beat up on Cleveland State. Now let's go. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about each game just because second-round games are more important, obviously. Zags, Oklahoma, um, starting off in the West. Zags won this one pretty easily. It wasn't really that close. They continue to look like the best team in the country because they are the best team in the country. Next, Creighton versus Ohio. Sadly, the Ohio run is over. Jason Preston and them couldn't pull it off. Creighton won by 14. Uh, they were up pretty much most of this game. And Creighton moves on to the Sweet 16, which is big for them. Sucks, because I had, I had Ohio. I had them Bobcats going one more game. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Had them going one more game. I was rooting for Jason Preston. He, he oh, was yeah. fun to watch. Definitely. USC, Kansas, like I said, I ex- after Kansas really fought back and ended up winning that game against Eastern Washington, I expected Kansas to really... Honestly, come out and beat USC. USC murked them, beat them by 34 points, like absolutely killed them, um, and a game that I didn't really expect. My USC pick's starting to look really good. <laughs> I really hope they beat Oregon. Yeah, we'll see. Um, next, like, yeah, next game was Oregon, Iowa, 
And Oregon oh. just came out and outplayed Iowa. I mean, it was really. I mean, I'm I'm not an Iowa fan. I do not like Iowa. They're one of my least favorite teams in entire college basketball. But I was rooting for them because I had them in my championship game on my bracket. Um, I had to change things after MSU loss, obviously. But uh, yeah, Oregon just completely outplayed Iowa. Iowa's offense was pretty well. Garza had 36, but Oregon was scoring the ball every single time. Literally, like it was. It was. Iowa could not play a lick of defense in that game. Which was the issue all year for Iowa. Yeah. We all knew it was mm-hmm. a problem. You just And just all year, their offense was able to outcarry mm-hmm. it, which in come tournament time, it didn't happen. Michigan-LSU in the East. What wow. a great game this was. Uh, getting to watch this game was awesome. Uh, I had my doubts going into this game. I was really nervous about a guy like Cam Thomas. And when the game started, it, came it, showed, out hot. it showed that I have every right to yeah. be nervous about Cam He had, Cam what, Thomas. 18 in the first half, I think? He had, I like, think so. he had 12 in the first, like, four minutes yeah, of the game. He was just shooting. Well, the problem was he was shooting over Mike Smith and Eli yeah. Brooks. Just would catch the ball and just shoot it over mm-hmm. them. And, like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, Eli Brooks was honestly playing pretty good defense against Cam Thomas. He was just hitting some tough shots. Tough shots. Um, Franz Wagner got stuck on him a couple times and really played mm-hmm. really well. Um, we played really good defense in the second half yeah. against a very good offense. And that's the thing, LCC. Michigan's yeah, Michigan's offense was fine the entire game, which really was surprising. I feel like honestly, their offense was something that I expected to be worse without Isaiah Livers. But when you have Eli Brooks and Shondi Brown shooting the shit out, scoring about twenty points, like yeah, they and Franz Wagner didn't really even have that good of an offensive game. Turned the ball over a few times. Mike didn't Smith score had that a bad much. offensive Mike game. Smith didn't. I mean, yeah, he didn't. He for shooting wise, he didn't really have that good of a game. Um, and Michigan still won. They're, they're a dangerous team left and, you know, one seat. They make it to the Sweet 16 for the fourth consecutive time, which is really, really crazy. Yep. I'm so excited to watch this next And year. they're the only Big Ten team in the Sweet 16. If you would have told me that before the tournament started, I would have probably punched you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I would have called you a crack. Yeah, definitely. Um, next game, Florida State, Colorado. Florida State kind of dominated this one. Um, we'll talk more about Florida State when we get to the Michigan-Florida State matchup. UCLA, Abilene Christian, like I said, Abilene Christian played god-awful. UCLA, this game was over right when it started. Uh, Juzang and, um, man, who's the other guy Jacquez? on their team? No, Hake- not, not him. Their other guy. Hawkes had a decent game this game, but they have another guy who really went off. Um, he's a pretty big-name player, too. God, I don't know, I all I can think about is Tiger. I can't think of his name. Uh, it's it's a wing player. It's like Justice or something. I don't, know. I don't remember. But, yeah, they both had really good games. As they move on to the Sweet 16, which just makes things so much more sad that State didn't make it. Because mm-hmm. you look how easy UCLA's path to the Sweet they, 16 They could was. have easily, easily won. I mean, if State, I, I really do think if State beat UCLA, they would be in the Sweet 16. Like, And they all they had to do was close that game out. They had it in the bag. But I'm over it now. It's whatever. Um, Alabama beat up on Maryland, defeating another Big Ten team. Alabama is a scary team going forward. Baylor-Wisconsin was a game that I honestly thought Wisconsin definitely had a shot of pulling off a crazy upset. They didn't. Baylor won. Um, Villanova absolutely killed North Texas to move on to the Sweet 16. Nova is a dangerous team right now. Arkansas-Texas Tech, that was a super good game. Really fun game. Um, Mac McClung, they were really trying to get the ball to him at the end when they were down two. They couldn't get it to him. Ended up taking kind of a poor shot to uh, tie the game. Didn't happen. Arkansas moves on to the Sweet 16. And then Oral Roberts, Florida, another really good game. Uh, Trey Mann take a step back three at the end to tie it. Couldn't hit it. Trey Mann had a really good uh, tournament. So did Colin Castleton. But Oral Roberts becomes the second 15 seed to move on to the Sweet 16. Which is just unreal to think. 
the tournament started in what? I think we looked it up the other day. It was 85 or 81 is when the round of 64, <clears throat> like 64 teams started getting into the yeah. tournament. And to think Florida Gulf Coast and uh, Oral Roberts has happened in like such a short span of time and for it to be the only time, yeah. it's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm really excited to watch Oral Roberts. I haven't really gotten to watch them as much as I've wanted to. Uh, but they're I'm a good super team. Excited like they, re- they are. They are a good basketball. They're the one team. with the like leading scorer, sure. right? Yeah. In college, yeah. Like they are. They are a good basketball team for sure. So I, I'm really excited to really get to sit down uh-huh. and watch them. I hope they have a really good game. Mm-hmm. Illinois, Loyola, Chicago, first game in the Midwest. What a what Crazy. a shocker this was. Loyola, Chicago really dominated this game mm-hmm. and won without it being close. Illinois really didn't come out to play. Uh, not expected at all. A lot of teams had Illinois, or a lot of people had Illinois winning it all. I had them in my final four. I didn't expect them to lose until the final four. I yeah. really figured they were a final four lock. Um, I was amazed watching this Loyola team carve Illinois up. Uh, I get to watch most first first three quarters of the game. I know it's not quarters, but uh, and Loyola just ran their offense. Illinois did not pressure. They came out. They were sagging off on everybody. So Loyola just ran their offense and mm-hmm. killed them. Cameron Crutwig is nuts. Yeah. They run their offense through him at the elbows a lot, and he is very talented. And they pulled Kofi Coburn out Jokic. of the paint. Yeah. They pulled Kofi Coburn out of the paint while because Cameron Crutwig was playing the elbows, really freed up the lane for him, and they were making big plays, and a lot of them. I've been seeing a lot of uh, issues um, around the talk of college basketball about Loyola Chicago. Um, about the seeding of Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago was a top 15 team in the country before the tournament came out. They were ranked in the top 15 and got an eight seed, which you don't expect. I mean, everything I've been seeing is Loyola Chicago should have been at least a three seed at at lowest. Like they could have been a two seed. Um, it's just the, there is a. I do believe there is an issue with the with the committee as far as making these hot these good non power five schools ranking them um very low because a team like Loyola Chicago it's it's just it's unfair to the teams that do get a high seed. I saw this video that was just talking about Illinois and it was like how this Illinois Loyola Chicago should have been an elite 8 maybe final 4 matchup, not a second round matchup where mm-hmm. and and there's plenty of examples of this throughout. I mean there's plenty of teams even like I know Winthrop lost, but that was a one loss team getting a 12 seed. Like that's just I feel like the committee definitely needs to start taking into or just taking in that not all the Power 5 schools get the high seeds, I guess. And they're not the best teams. Just because you're in the Power exactly. 5 doesn't like mean Like Loyola the Chicago, it's, it's, they are much better than an 8 seed. They are, just because they're not in the Power 5 does not mean that they are some bad team. It's just it's tough because they just don't play as many good yeah, teams. Yeah, exactly. And that's the, the thing. They're, they don't play the Power 5 schools. So you it's hard to judge how good they actually are. And I hope that this is an example. Because like, I'm not saying that Illinois, I'm like if, I'm not an Illinois fan or anything. I'm not salty that they lost or anything. But if I was an Illinois fan, I actually, I probably would be pissed, you know, yeah. just because like we are the you know one of the best teams in the nation, a one seed, and then we have to play a top, a, a top fifteen team, maybe a top twelve team in this entire tournament in the second round, you know, that's coming in hot and has one of the best players in the country. It just is. It doesn't really seem right, you know. And I kind of wanted to just bring that up a little bit because. It's. I do think it is an issue. I think the seeding has it. It needs to be changed a little bit. Next was twelve seeded Oregon State versus four seeded Oklahoma State, and Oregon State continues to win. And I really, I, I this sounds very rude. I hate it. I don't know how. 
because they one high man they just don't seem that good. They were hitting every. Sh- I mean, the reason they won this game was because they couldn't miss. They were miss. They were making every single shot, but like they just they just really don't seem that good. <laughs> it is hilarious because this was the one team in our whole bracket we went through where we where we sat there and we said, yeah, we watched this team the other night. weren't impressed at all. They probably won't win a game. And here they are in the Sweet Sixteen. In the Sweet Sixteen, playing against an eight seed in the Sweet and Sixteen. And I still haven't been impressed by that. No, I'm saying like, that's like I, the only, like I said, the only thing I was impressed by was the fact that they shot the ball extremely well against Oklahoma State, and they still won by ten. They were up, they were up by a crap ton in the first half, and Oklahoma State almost came back and won. Um, it, it's just hilarious how unimpressed I've been with this team. That's. I, I, I honestly I still don't think they're that good. Yeah, I, I mean they I, obviously are good, but I, I don't think they're I the don't think they're a top to sixteen team no. in college basketball. No. Um like last couple matchups here. Syracuse, West Virginia, really, really good game. Syracuse is a dangerous team as they upset a really good West Virginia team that is filled with a lot of older players and Syracuse continues to shock people. A team that barely got in the tournament is now in the Sweet 16. The same team that you were mad at oh, in yeah. the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not as mad about it anymore, as you can tell. Um, and then lastly, Houston versus Rutgers, another good super game. good game. Geo Baker at the end. I, I had an unfortunate turnover. Houston wins 63-60. I do think Houston is a very underrated team. I know that they are. a lot of people don't rate them as high because of you know, they're a non-Power 5 school. Like I said, I don't think that matters. Um, Houston was a team that is a two-seed, played in the same division as Loyola Chicago won their division, and Loyola gets an eight, and Houston gets a two. I mean, it's just really, really confusing to me. You I know? didn't know but, they were in the same. Yeah. They're really in the same mm-hmm. conference? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. That's, see, I didn't know Loyola see, was See, what, what's big. crazy, uh... My uh, my cousin Kenny, he he is a trainer for the, for uh, Valparaiso University, and they're in the Missouri Valley too. And they they played against Loyola Chicago twice. He was telling me he was like, yeah, we played them twice. And he goes, we almost beat them once. They beat Drake. They were at Drake when Drake was undefeated. Valparaiso beat Drake for their first loss, which is kind of crazy. But he said that Crutwig is just is is like very unreal. very good. Yeah, like, un- yeah. Well, you can tell when you watch him. Yeah, he's smarter than everybody on oh, the court. Yeah. I mean, he's a four year player. He was on that Final Four team as a freshman. So let's get into it now. Let's we are repicking it. our brackets here. Fresh start. We'll see who wins between the two of us. Hopefully, it's me because wow, my bracket is doing bad. So let's start off at the top. One seeded Gonzaga versus five seeded Creighton. Gonzaga. I, I, I'm not picking against them. I got Gonzaga too. Um, do we want to do this through like every game and then or do we want to do each quad and then talk about the final four? Let's do each quad and then do the okay. final four. So the bottom half of this this quad, six-seeded USC versus seven-seeded Oregon. Battle of Pac-12. Pac-12 still has one, two, three, four, five teams left in the tournament which is crazy. I feel like Unreal. I'm missing one too. Yeah, they have five teams left in the Sweet 16. Who do you got? Who do you think? I got <laughs> USC. I actually went, I'm going with Oregon here. Of course. Uh, I mean it's I'm I'm not just cuz you picked <laughs> USC but like I really was impressed by Oregon against Iowa. I really didn't watch much of USC Kansas. I know they killed them but um Oregon is they, they, this is going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm picking Oregon but it it definitely could go either way. And then Zaga versus Oregon for me. You at Zaga versus USC. I think I'm, either way, we're both going to pick Gonzaga here. I picked USC. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I, I seriously think USC is the team to beat Gonzaga. Really? Uh, I don't think Oregon has a shot at beating Gonzaga. But USC, 
I really do. Oh, you think so? I really We'll see do. when we'll Oregon see. beats USC. We'll see. It's not even going to matter. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I got Gonzaga moving on to the Final Four. Next, Michigan's region. We have Michigan versus Florida State. What a good game this is going to be. Um, Florida State has – I think these teams are going to match up pretty well. It's not going to be as high scoring of a game as Michigan LSU was. It'll probably be a lot slower of a game. Obviously, I mean, I know you're going to pick Michigan, but let's talk about why you're going to pick Michigan. Not, uh, just, not just because you're a Michigan fan. Michigan can play, they, they just show that they can play two ways. They can play the fast style of the SEC and the ACC where it's high scoring, lots of points. They just show they can outscore one of the best scoring teams in the country. Uh, and they have also all year played in the Big Ten where they play slow. You don't play very fast in the Big Ten. Uh, so I definitely think... you. Michigan is just more prepared for this game than FSU is, where they've played against some elite, elite teams all year in the Big Ten. And I, who's Florida State's best player? Uh, Scotty Barnes or their uh, their senior, I forget. He's built like Zion. But forget he, his name. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah, he yeah. I mean, like all Zion. their players are like the same size. That's, yeah. that's what's dangerous about Florida. They have five, six, eight dudes that start. Mm-hmm. And it's so they don't really have a – I mean, it's kind of like LSU. They don't really have a ginormous big center. Um, LSU didn't have a center either, but they really did it's a good. A different they did style. a good job of containing Hunter Dickinson too. Yeah. Um, I do think Hunter Dickinson will feast this game. I think Florida State they're not going to do much doubling like LSU did. Uh, I'm going with Michigan as well. I think that they've shot the ball really well. They have a lot of confidence playing without Isaiah Livers, and I've been surprised as how well they have played without Livers. I was I was shocked against LSU how well we scored the ball. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, but Florida State is a dangerous team. I do think mm-hmm. if Florida State does manage to beat Michigan, that they will make the Final Four. I think the Me winner too. of this game uh, will make it to the Final Four. UCLA-Bama. This is going to be a really, really good game. I really wanted to pick UCLA, but I think their run comes to an end here with Bama's great defense. Um, UCLA has really relied on their offense so far in this tournament, and I think Bama's has just too much size, and like I said, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. I got to go with Bama over UCLA. I got to go with Bama too. UCLA is a team that barely made it in the tournament. And uh, Johnny Juzang and uh, Haquez and that other guy, and, you know, they started, they got hot in the tournament. I don't see them staying hot for Mm -hmm. more than two games in a row. And Bama's damn good. Bama's so good. I got to go Bama. Yeah, I'm going with with Bama as well. So Michigan, Bama, we both have them in the Elite Eight here. Like I said, the winner of Michigan-Florida State, I think, goes to the Final Four. So that's why I'll be going with Michigan here. Go blue, baby. Both the at Michigan, the Final Four. I didn't have that originally, but now I do. Next, Baylor-Nova. This is probably, honestly, I do think Michigan-Florida State is the best um, elite or the best Sweet 16 matchup. If I were to rank them, I think this is Baylor Nova. Baylor Nova is probably the third best matchup here. Um, this is going to be a good one. I'm going with Baylor though. Going with Baylor. I haven't seen Baylor slip up all year, and I know they have, but I didn't watch yeah. the game or any of their close games. But when I watch them, I, like I said, they don't miss. <laughs> they are awesome to watch. Uh, they're a team I don't see losing. Yeah. Next, Arkansas Oral Roberts. This is a. You know, no no 15 seed has ever made it to the Sweet 16. Arkansas won a battle against Texas Tech the other day. I'm gonna do it. I'm picking Oral Roberts to move on to the Sweet to the Elite Eight. I really I really think that this team is better than your typical 15 seed. Though I'm rooting for Oral Roberts, I do think Arkansas is better. Uh-huh. Uh, Arkansas does have that guy in Moses Moody, who is it right? Moses Moody, yeah. yeah. He's an absolute hooper hooper. Uh 
and or Roberts. I don't even know the rest player's name. I know a lot of people Abe Miss is the guy who's been Abe, going off. What's his them. name? Max Abe Miss. Oh, but oh, okay. Um, yeah, Arkansas definitely has the size advantage over Oral Roberts. I mean, Chris Smith went off the other day for them when Moses Moody was in foul trouble. Um, like I said, this isn't a game that I I definitely think Arkansas is the better team. But the tournament is all about getting hot at the right time. Oral Roberts is definitely getting hot at the right time. Has size been an issue in every game for Oral Roberts? Are they a small team? I mean, they're obviously they're a small team. I mean, every like that's what I assume. Yeah, every every lower seed is a, yeah. is a smaller Undersized. than all the bigger seeds side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Oral Roberts here. They shoot the ball really well, and I think they'll continue to do that. Baylor Oral Roberts for me in the Elite Eight. Um, I don't expect Oral Roberts to move on to the Final Four and beat Baylor. I feel like if this matchup happened, I think Baylor is going to absolutely kill them. They're going to come out ready to kill them because yeah. they know, that, okay, this team's actually yeah, good. this team is good. We don't want a Cinderella of them beating a one seed. Let's take care of business. Yep. Um, I'm going with Baylor to move on to the Final Four. All three, I, all three one seeds so far. I'm me. going with Baylor to move on. I got USC, yeah. Michigan, Baylor. Final team or final quad, starting off with Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State. Um, if Oregon State get, it somehow wins this game, I'm willing to take the loss on Me this. Too. But I think Loyola, Chicago is going to murk Oregon State. I think they're going to roll over them. I think they're going to win. I mean, it, they'll probably won't win by 20, but I feel like at some point they'll be up by 20. Um, unless Oregon State shoots the lights out like they did the other day, I don't think they stand a chance. I'm going with Loyola. Going Loyola. Next, this this game right here, I think, is the, the second, second best. Yeah. yeah, definitely the second best Sweet 16 matchup. Syracuse-Houston. This one I really had to sit here and think about for a while. And I think Syracuse run is over, in my opinion. I'm going with Houston here, but this is going to be such a good matchup. Both teams that are very good offenses, both shoot the ball really well, um, and both kind of have their stars. I'm going with Houston here. I think I found my team for the rest of my life. That isn't a Big Ten team, like a team that I'm going to root for for a long time, and that is Syracuse. Uh, I've got the connection with that jersey. Uh, but after watching Buddy Bayheim and Joe Girard go off, I am a huge fan of Syracuse. Uh, I've got them beating Houston. Having two guys like Buddy Bayheim and I, I, I love Joe Girard. He can shoot the rock, just like Buddy Bayheim. And that's a tough team to beat when you got two of those dudes on the court. Uh, but Houston is also very good. But when I watch them, uh. One of their guys is playing with like a bum knee or something when I was watching them. Houston's he, guys? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of their – I forget who it is, but, yeah, it's one of their good players. One of their good players. One of their wings. Uh, but I've got Syracuse winning this game. So my final four is Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, and Loyola, Chicago – or wait, we didn't even we go didn't, through it. Didn't even talk about it. <laughs> Never, so, yeah, I obviously have Loyola, <laughs> Chicago beating Houston. I think that's going to be a super good game. Um, but I feel like Loyola Chicago is just destined after beating Illinois. I feel like they have to make it to the Final Four. Yeah, they'll, they'll it'll be a letdown if they lost yeah. from here on out. So I'm going with them over Syracuse. Yeah. I feel like if Loyola Syracuse matchup, I do think Loyola would win. But Houston Loyola is going to be a good mm-hmm. matchup and a rematch. Um, so let's move on. Top of the Final Four, Gonzaga versus Michigan. I think we both had, or no, you have USC. God, I keep forgetting. I got USC Michigan, and in that case. Go blue, yeah. baby. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, for me, you know, I'm rooting for Michigan. Like I said, I'm not a Michigan fan, but states out, I'll root for Michigan. I don't really care. Um, but I feel like if they run into Gonzaga in the Final Four, I feel like there's no way Michigan pulls it off, especially without Isaiah Livers. And even if Livers somehow decides to come back and play this game, he's not going to be at 100. percent I don't think it's going to be enough. I'm going with Gonzaga over Michigan. And 
I agree with that. I think if Gonzaga and Michigan were to match up, Gonzaga would beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I, I that's why I've got Michigan going, man. I am so excited for this. The rest of this college basketball <laughs> season, man. Next one, Baylor versus Loyola. We both have that, right? Yep, Baylor versus Loyola. And again, I, this is. I think this is where it ends for Loyola. Uh, Baylor's just too good. I really do. Be think crazy, so. Loyola. Two Final Fours in three years. I mean, three <laughs> tournaments. Technically, mm-hmm. uh, it would be insane. Um, I got Baylor here. Baylor was my original pick to win it all, and they're still alive. I have to keep them rolling here, but Baylor, Loyola, like I said, Loyola is a team that I really do think could go far, but I don't think they could go that far Not to the championship. championship. No. So I'm going Baylor over Loyola, Chicago. And I've got the same thing. So championship game, Baylor versus Gonzaga for me, for you. Baylor versus Michigan. What do you got? I think it's pretty obvious. Michigan was my <laughs> pick from the start of the tournament. Uh, I'm going with, do I think they're going to win? No. Uh, do I hope they win? Yeah. That's so who would, your, who would your, who would your, uh, your Non-biased. MVP, no, your, your, your final four MVP be then, or final four most outstanding player be if Michigan wins it all. It'll either be, it'll be probably Eli Brooks just cause USC versus Michigan. You're going to have the Mobley brothers down low. So it's a great time for a guard to step up and make plays, but Baylor, huh? Well, no, it'd be whoever the champion goes, the most outstanding player goes. No, to, no, so. I know, I know. I'm, what I'm saying is, who would go off against Baylor? Oh. Probably wouldn't be Eli <laughs> Brooks. I feel like, yeah, I feel like if Michigan does win it all, I don't think Dickinson would be the most outstanding player. I feel like it would. Uh, I feel like it would have to be an X factor of a player to kind of go off. E- either Eli Maybe Franz, or Franz. I mean, if you're if but Franz is really going to have to step up defensively against Baylor. He's probably going to be match up against Macy Oteague, but he, they might have to put him on Jared Butler. I mean, I don't know if Michigan plays Baylor. Like I it's said, if so, Michigan if Michigan beats Gonzaga, then it's different because then they can definitely beat Baylor. But Michigan, I just don't think matches up well against Baylor because their their good defenders are really in their front. You know, Franz Dickinson bigger. obviously is gonna yeah bigger guys. Brandon Johns honestly plays pretty good defense, um, but Baylor's loaded at the guard position. So I mean, the Zags are all around for me. Gonzaga versus Baylor. I'm going with Baylor just because they were my original pick to win it all. So I will stick with Baylor. Do I think they're better than the Zags? I really don't know. This team was this this matchup was supposed to happen earlier this season. It didn't end up happening, but I wish it did for bracket's sake. Yeah. So I could make a better judgment. Yeah, definitely. Call. But I'm going with Baylor to win it all. Most that most outstanding player. Um, I'm gonna go with Macy Oteague just because I feel like he definitely has more potential to go off for 30 than Butler or Davion Mitchell. So. Go yeah. blue, baby. It's going to be super fun. Uh, we are not having games until this weekend. Saturday is the first uh, games of Sweet 16. Michigan plays on Sunday, I think, at like 5 o'clock. Uh, be sure to t- watch these because March Madness is super fun. I really hope that um, I could do at least decent in this because my main bracket was horrible. But, yeah, that wraps up for today's episode. Um, like I said, we're not going to be back till next weekend. So have a good week. Check out March Madness and... Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think that's all. Peace. Peace.